0: The number of homeless in the United States is currently estimated to be around 500,000, and it continues to climb. Homelessness has existed here in Central Oregon for some time, but the number of homeless, as the number of homeless grows nationally, so does the number here in Central Oregon, where it's estimated that there are some 1,000-plus homeless here in Deschutes County. Larry Kovasek an important advocate for the homeless population here in Central Oregon. He's also the chairman of the board of Sagewood Sanctuaries, which is a local nonprofit working to provide safe shelter for homeless beings without barriers, costs, or judgment. Larry was kind enough to sit down with Carolyn and me for a very informative discussion about the current state of homelessness in Central Oregon and to help educate all of us on the origins of homelessness, available services, existing challenges, and possible practical solutions, more importantly, to better understand the people who are the homeless here in Central Oregon.
1: Good to see you again. Good to
0: see you
2: again, Carolyn. Good to be here again.
1: I think what I enjoy when I speak with you is the range of care and concern that you have for the individual and the recognition that it's not just all homeless people need a job or all homeless people or people without homes need shelter or people who are find themselves in these situations need food. You're recognizing that the needs at the bottom line are the individual sense of self-integrity and self-respect. Right. And then moving on to deal with those other significant and important issues that will allow them to take care of themselves. What's the current situation of homelessness in Central Oregon right now, would you say?
2: I just sat in on a uh, mediation of an eviction this morning. Uh, One thing I want to to note is that the city and county in Central Oregon have very progressive methods, and, and the courts have progressive methods of of handling things. I just want to uh, make that observation. So I think we're all trying to move forward on things. I think that uh, a lot of efforts are being made to address the situation. The City Council has taken up the issue and is trying to come up with uh, strategies, um, a whole variety of strategies to deal with that. So that addresses somewhat the... uh, effort to, to deal with homelessness. Now, the way I take your question, though, is uh, the extent of the homelessness. You've been around how long?
0: In uh, and around Central Oregon?
2: 20 years. 20 years. So you've yeah. seen... It evolve and change
0: over the ebb and flow over those those 20 years definitely a- and are we at a high are we at a low are we had a middle has it changed how has it changed in those 20 years I guess would be the better question
2: the homelessness uh, is bad as it's ever been and and that's what I started to say It's gotten worse in just the last few months I would say or even weeks Ben's church Does uh, wraparound services on uh, Wednesday morning where Mosaic Medical has their van there. They provide breakfast. They do a lot of outreach this morning. They were providing veterinary assistance to people's pets and stuff like that. So again, a lot of help being extended. I happened to go back there this morning to take this person who had been in the eviction process uh, to have some breakfast. I was a little startled to see so many people that I didn't recognize because I've been in, immersed in, in the population for a few years now. I have a lot of personal relationships with a lot of the homeless. Generally, thought I knew everybody. This morning when I was there, I was literally kind of stunned by two things. First, uh, the number of people that I didn't recognize, and the other one is the fact that there are so many young people, a lot of adolescents, people maybe guessing in their early 20s. I was talking to some of my friends among the homeless because they would become aware of the new population coming in. They had the same observation that there are a lot of new people coming homeless and that they are adolescents a lot of them are uh runaways running away from bad or difficult uh, family situations so we're really getting a kind of big city homeless problem was kind of the way i described it uh and uh, i was very startled by that actually but i got gonna ask this question
0: i would imagine the large percentage of the population around central oregon uh, i think of sympathy versus empathy maybe sympathetic to the plight but can't have empathy because they've never touched it or felt it is it possible for you to describe to the neophytes like myself who are the homeless of central Oregon
2: yeah it's it's a very broad population they are a lot of people who have had very successful lives previously but very often one of the causes is a severe medical crisis where their insurance runs out and they can't afford their cancer treatment, for example, let's say, or something like that. I guess what I would say is that the population is very diverse. I would say that probably most of the people who are homeless were working class at one time. They were always one paycheck away, so to speak, uh, from homelessness, particularly in central Oregon. But I think this is a trend nationwide as well. Working class jobs are not paying as well as they used to. The the unions have been broken in a lot of cases. Middle class income for a working class job is gone. Most of the jobs are service oriented. I think it's because of high technology that the, the growth in IT, I, I don't think it's something that we should resist. I think. Technology is going to be helpful in in a lot of ways. Uh, us moving forward as a society, so it's not something I'm not a luddite or anything. I don't think we should be resisting the uh, march of technology. But what we're going to have to do is come up with imaginative ways for valuing somebody. I think um, we're we're seeing that in the political realm as well. Uh, just to make a mention of uh, Andrew Wang who dropped out who i think the basis of his campaign was that we have to rethink how we value people I and mean, to this point it has always been that you have a job and that you you know you pay your rent and stuff like that and those things are important but we're going to have to figure out how to do it differently now because of IT and because of the uh, march of technology we're going to have a lot more and more displaced people all the time so to ask your question is is very diverse and it's being caused by a lot of things but b- primarily by the job loss among the uh, working class well,
0: and to kind of take the other side of this I think of your role is uh, not only uh, helping but also advocating what's the biggest misnomer you find that most people have about the homeless
2: yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I guess it would be, well, my particular sp- perspective is that I deal with with uh, addiction and mental health issues. There are a lot of homeless who are, are not addicted and are, and are proud of that. I, I guess probably the biggest one would be they don't want to work, that they don't want to be a functioning part of society. They very much want to be part of the American culture. So they want to, to fit in somehow. When I drive people around and you'll see, say, a, a nice nice truck or something like that, they want the same things that other people want. They would like to have a nice truck. They would like to have a nice home. They want to be part of the culture. They're very, very often avid followers of the sports scene. And, and to me, that's a sign of wanting to be part of the American culture. They very much want to work. They would... uh Generally, like all of us, I want some work with uh, dignity, be able to earn respect that way. So, yeah, I think the biggest one is that they, they don't want to work. I think most of them do and would, would love to have to be gainfully employed in contributing to our society.
1: The last time I saw you was at an evening, a community conversations evening where we were talking about the homeless situation and community members, concerned community members were, were there to ask questions. And the thing that stood out to me is that we do have services for the homeless and some of them require more of the individual than others.
2: Yes. Yeah, I would say that's true. And, and that probably works out pretty well you You have a variety of services available, and people are at as you can imagine various levels of capabilities so one of the things that we really want to accomplish is to reestablish everybody's self esteem i mean that's that's really the to me the key issue here in any way that we provide services or support the homeless the essential element of it has to be respecting people's uh, dignity and trying to uh, bolster their, their self-esteem. So for a lot of people, that involves uh, various levels of requirements of them. Some people are very capable and they want to do things for themselves and they don't want t- things handed to them. Others are in a little bit more dire straits, probably need A little more help to get to a point where they can start taking care of themselves, too. So, yeah, I think that's a good observation. You touched on about services that we have available for people, and we do, in terms of clothing and food. I mean, those two things are very readily available to people all of the time. I was, um, again, a little stunned to go to Ben's church this morning and see a room full of clothes. There's just places just stuffed with clothes. So, lots of clothing for people, uh, lots of food, you know, they're able to get a hot meal seven days a week. The one thing that uh, is going to be a challenge is providing uh, mental health and addiction services. I think, at this point, we have a shortage of, of that. As you can imagine, mental health and addiction challenges for people on the street are epidemic. Even if you end up on the street and you don't have those problems initially, just, just the idea of trying to get by on the street for, for any period of time will push you toward mental health issues and uh, addiction issues. That is something that I think we're a little bit short of in Central Oregon right now. A- anybody will tell you for certain that we're short of psychiatrists.
1: You mentioned before we started our conversation about the Peer Center the self-support and then combining that with that sense of personal investment offering support to other people helps raise one's self-esteem and i would think this peer this peer center how how does that work and uh, where is okay. that available to address mental health issues yeah
2: that's that's right down downtown on on Harriman right behind and across the street from the uh, courthouse it's next to Deschutes County Mental Health. It's called the Deschutes County Downtown Clinic. We actually work very closely with them. The county leases the vacated juvenile detention center to us for a dollar a year, and that has worked quite well to this point. But what we're really discovering, and again, I was there this morning, and uh, the place is getting more and more crowded all the time, so we're definitely going to need... It, that is a service that's been there for some time, and is very helpful. But the numbers of people that we're talking about that need it, again, are growing very quickly, and we're going to need more. I, I don't want in any way to represent the Cascade Peer Center as being adequate in dealing with the problems that we have right now. But it's a good model, and it's a good start. And that's what I continually tell our staff is that what we are doing is getting to the starting line. And I have an excellent staff there. Population and the numbers of people that are coming in all of the time are growing. I I said that we're just getting to the starting line. What we what we will eventually need is a much larger place with a larger staff. There are efforts, ongoing efforts now. I, I want to give a shout out to Pacific Source, another re- remarkable progressive agency in our town that basically administers OHP and elsewhere. Everybody's looking for innovative ideas to provide mental health services. And, and again, one of the one one very effective one. That more and more uh, studies are showing, probably the most economical again because that's a, that's important, is uh, peer support. And so, uh, efforts are being made now to expand uh, training for peer support specialists. It is actually a certification that you can get with the state, and at this time provides or requires uh, forty hours of training, and then a, and then a certain. Number of hours of experience uh, in the field And then you can become certified Maybe some some more training than that is needed It is a very effective way To avert people going into into mental health crisis We're, We're talking about people with bipolar disorder Schizophrenia, PTSD is a very prominent one ADHD, any number of disorders like that And if you can help them deal with any kind of situations or or crisis that comes up or just provide a uh, safe place for them to be from day to day, then I think in a lot of cases you can avert any kind of mental health crisis.
0: I was having a conversation with some people recently, and people talking about their trials and tribulations in their life. I can't imagine trying to put your life back on track when the fundamental thing that the large percentage of people have is a roof over their head. How do you start building the blocks if you don't have that fundamental
2: first thing? Right. That's exactly right. Uh, And and that's the idea behind it. It's called a housing first model. It, It used to be that you had to prove that you deserved housing first. You had to have a job, for example. You had to be clean, so forth. You had to have no evictions on your record, so forth and so on. That uh, kept you from getting housing, and I think what, what we finally came to was that that was not working. Exactly what you described. You need to stabilize a person's living situation first, and then you can get them to get clean, you can get them to get a job, so forth. We, we kind of had it backwards for a long time, and now we're trying to reverse that. We're going to have to be imaginative about how to go about that, and, and thus a, a camp Bethlehem Inn uh, does a remarkable job of transitioning people back into society. Based on the size of our homeless problem, Bethlehem Inn is only able to address a percentage of it, a a fraction of it. Uh, So we're going to have to come up with some other ideas about how to put people into stabilized housing. Uh, Once we get people in, for example, a camp then we could start ext- extending the services uh the the job placement job training that that's one of the biggest problems is that there are jobs people are are perfectly willing to take the service jobs you know one of the biggest ones is fast food restaurants are always in need of people and i have found uh them to be uh, very progressive in how they want to hire people and to get them into uh jobs i've witnessed various places actually hiring people with mental disorders who would have difficulty performing a job. The various companies have gone to lengths to try to make it possible for them to function in a job. Part of that may be because of a manpower shortage, but it also I think it's because of their basic humanity as well. But, but one of the challenges is there are jobs and you can get a job, but it's holding the job that's the, the challenge that at that point.
1: Would you describe what a homeless camp is? Because some of the services you just described, the wraparound services, would be available at this camp. Yes. Uh, So if you would describe what a homeless camp is and where you are in the process of getting that implemented and started.
2: Yeah, well, the, the idea really is several things. One of them is to establish some sort of grounding, some sort of safe place for homeless people to be. Well, using uh, as few resources as possible. Uh, In other words, uh, not an expensive building, not an expensive lease, not uh, spending a lot of money in uh, trying to construct any kind of a new structure, as we've seen with some of the other efforts. So the effort here would be to keep it as economical as possible, to use as, as little money and as few resources as possible, and yet provide a safe place for people to be an additional additional benefit to such an idea would be that a lot of the people uh who are gonna be transitioning out of homelessness, it's gonna be very difficult for them to go into housing right away. They're so used to being in an unstructured environment and having an unstructured life that suddenly being responsible for being indoors, as we say. Has proven to be a, a, a big challenge for a lot of people. A kind of a camp would be a more appropriate, sort of transitional, kind of way where people would be feel still feel comfortable, and yet uh, we can start pro- providing the uh, wraparound services, make it possible for them to transition into a more structured, a structured life.
1: Some of the complaints that people have, some of them definitely valid with people not being able to take care of trash, not being able to take care care of their animals. And if we had a camp, as you said, it would be more structured, and those services could be dealt with, correct?
2: Absolutely, yeah. In fact, uh, yeah, you've you've hit on exactly one of the great benefits of organizing the situation. The fact of the matter is that uh, the camping is going on right now, And it's a very difficult situation because it is so extensive. And because it is so fluid, it's a difficult situation for law enforcement to to deal with.
1: So you've moved forward since the last time we talked about the camp. I mean, it sounds like there might be more people on board. It also sounds like it could be a way to save some money. Right. Um, You know, I mean, really shifting where all resources are now being... Uh, spent, so to speak, to relocate and to put them into different places and just kind of, as you said earlier, moving from just one place to another. But if an established camp came up, all the resources that are here in town could even be located out there, whether it's the showers and the food. Transportation, I, I would think that there could be some regular transporting back and forth between wherever the camp would be. How much space do you think would be needed, and is there a place that could accommodate that?
2: Yeah, certainly by, by your description, I think I'm going to put you in charge of, of, uh, <laughs> of establishing this, Carolyn. It Thank just you.
1: makes so much sense. because, yeah. Well, you referred me to a video of a camp back east. You know, we look at the different programs available here in Central Oregon, but they all have some criteria. And the thing that I had mentioned earlier at the beginning is the services that you help implement and supervise are open to people wherever they are. Yes. Yeah, they're, yeah. Whether they're addicted or whether they're still using or whether they're, you know, they have mental health issues. And really, we do have services to address all of those things.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, what what essentially we'd be trying to do is organizing a chaotic situation that's that's really is even putting aside the the humane um uh element of it uh, and uh the humane dimension of it um the 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 practical element and, and I've been saying this from the beginning the practical element almost uh, supersedes um the the humane element of it the the common sense of it to try to uh organize uh, a chaotic situation that um you know is, is 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 as as I said earlier is getting worse mm-hmm. um and um, it's uh, getting uh, uh, more chaotic and so yeah we need to take some steps now to uh try to organize that so and and again it would be um without having to build any any new buildings or have to having to lease a building or something um We'd be able to to do that, yeah.
1: Well, if they can set up Burning Man, yeah, and break down, <laughs> that, they that. they
2: could do that. I think for homeless, and plus, so, so you're advocating for a year-round Burning Man? Is, is that <laughs> <it there>?
1: potentially, <laughs> potentially, or a Women's March? I, you know, there could be many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, it it, it really is a, a good idea, and th- one of the values too would be uh that without you know with without is is as much of a uh, structure management you would have to have uh that you could make it uh more possible for the homeless uh, to to govern the camp uh, and again that would uh help uh, lift their self esteem and there would be a practical element that to that too because if uh people I, and, and as this has been my experience, it was our experience with the shelter last year and stuff, that the more you put them in control, uh the more cooperative uh people will be, uh the the homeless people will be. Um because uh I, I think all of us are trying to assert our individuality, our personality, our, our self esteem and our self respect and uh, if uh, somebody feels like that's not being respected, then they're more like more likely to be resistant uh, to any kind of uh, any kind of system or organization that you set up. But if they can be uh, in control of it, they, I, I, I'm not advocating for complete c- control without any kind of supervision or anything, because it, there needs to be that. And I could talk extensively about that and cite anecdotes about. How important it is for community members to be able to uh, step in and, and supervise, but not be, uh, not uh, be, still allow for a lot of uh, uh, self-efficacy of uh, of the people running the camp. It has to be a combination like that.
1: What I hear you t- saying is we've got the basic needs covered. You know, we have food, other than shelter, but we do have food and clothing, and then you emphasize quite often. The need for belonging, yeah, and and I'm looking at how refugees are handled, you know, in other places of the world, and they have refugee camps. There are benefits and drawbacks with that approach. Absolutely, I have to say, I'm kind of the more I talk to you, every time I talk to you, the idea of a camp where services go to where people live, you know, that would save a lot of money.
2: It, it
0: would reduce the whack a mole. To Go where ahead. you move it from one just to another. Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm thinking of, you were talking about buildings and infrastructure. You know, when I was working with employment programs, people had to come to us. And here are people who don't have transportation and the, the, the clothing. They might have clothing, but how to stay clean. Again, I, I am um, supporting you. And I know you've been working on this camp idea for years.
2: Yeah like for years. Yeah, I, I think it is coming to fruition now. But uh or or it will at some point. Wonderful. But 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 really I think that ultimately what's going to have to happen is that uh we have to come come to understand that we're kind of all in this together mm-hmm. that we're on it really uh, uh it would may seem like a vast planet but really it's a tiny little planet and we're all spinning together and uh there's there are tremendous problems for everybody there i, I do hospice work as well and uh you know just because you have a lot of money doesn't mean that you're immune to tragedy uh, right. that uh it can it can happen to to anybody and that uh we have to uh, learn to stick together learn that it's not a zero of game that there there's there's uh, plenty of everything for for everybody if we if we stick together and uh and and lower the the strife and the and the contention.
0: Larry thank you very much for your time. Thank you've been listening to a KPOV critical conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical dash conversations.